0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Recovering Faith. I've been hosting this podcast and blog for over a year now, and I've intentionally stayed away from any controversial or politically charged subjects. Not because I don't have opinions about politically, uh, political subjects or controversial topics, but because I want Recovering Faith to be a safe place where people can come to learn about God and not have to be subjected to criticism or to a political agenda. But today, I'm speaking about a subject that is very much politically charged, though it shouldn't be. Today, I'm going to discuss the Born Alive Survivors Protection Act that was introduced by ben, uh, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, a bill that had one goal, and one goal only, to ensure that if a child survives an abortion attempt, that the child would be treated as human, protected, and given adequate medical attention. The bill failed to pass, and the reason why it failed will be the main issue of this top or will be the main issue of this episode. This is undoubtedly going to be a controversial stance, uh, at least for some people. But it should not be controversial to say that a baby outside of the womb should not be murdered. But apparently, it is a controversial statement, and that goes to show just how far society has fallen from the glory of God. This episode is not going to dive into the issue of abortion, just the issue of murdering a child that has already been born alive and could survive and live the life that God wants for it. Before I go into the reasons this bill was proposed and the sad reason for which it failed, I want to discuss the bill itself, what it is and what it isn't. And I have included a link at the end of this post and in the show notes for the podcast So, you can read the bill for yourself if you want to. There is, I think, a lot of misconceptions about this bill. Mostly because some people have portrayed the bill as, quote, yet another attempt at ending abortion and taking away a woman's reproductive choice, unquote. But this bill has absolutely nothing to do with abortion and does not alter the availability or legality of abortion in the slightest. This bill, the Born Alive Bill, would not change in any way the choice or responsibility of the mother. And the result would be the same for the woman, whether the abortion succeeded and the pregnancy was terminated or whether the child survived. But it would have made all the difference in the world to the child. And let me be brutally honest. It is a child. Just because it was not wanted does not change that fact. The bill states... That a child who survives an abortion attempt is a legal person, and as such is entitled to the same protection under the law as the child that was wanted when it was born, or any other person who found themselves in hospital or clinic, and that the hospital or clinic has the same legal obligation to provide medical attention and to report any failures to render aid, the same as it would with any other child. The bill also states that the mother of the infant that survived the abortion attempt would not be charged with any crime. This bill in no way takes away a woman's choice or makes her have a child that she doesn't want. It only protects a child that was born alive and gives them a second chance of life. Uh, I'm going to read the main section of this bill, and again, if you want to read the whole thing, I've put a link, but... It says, Congress finds the following. 1. If an abortion results in the live birth of an infant, the infant is a legal person for all purposes under the laws of the United States and entitled to all protections of such laws. 2. If an infant born alive after an abortion or within a hospital, clinic, or other facility has the same claim to the protection of the law that would arise for any newborn, Or for any person who comes to a hospital, clinic, or other facility for screening and treatment, or otherwise becomes a patient within his care. Section 3. Born-Alive Infant Protection A. Requiring requiring pertaining to born-alive abortion survivors, uh, Chapter 74 of Title 18, United States Code, is amended by inserting after Section 1531 the following. Requirements for Health Care Practitioners In the case of an abortion or attempted abortion that results in the child born alive, degree of care required, immediate admission to hospital. Any health care practitioner present at the time the child is born alive shall exercise the same degree of professional skill, care, and diligence to preserve the life and health of the child as reasonably diligent and conscientious health care practitioner would render to any other child born at the same gestational age and, following the exercise of skill, care and diligence required under subparagraph A, ensure that the child born alive is immediately transported and admitted to a hospital. 2. Mandatory Reporting of Violations A healthcare practitioner or any employee of a hospital, physician's office, or an abortion clinic who has knowledge of a failure to comply with the requirements of paragraph 1 shall immediately report the failure to an appropriate state or federal law enforcement agency, or both. B. Penalties 1. In general, whoever violates subsection A shall be fined under this title in prison for not more than five years, or both. 2. Intentional killing of a child born alive. Whoever intentionally performs or attempts to perform an overt act that kills a child born alive described under Section A shall be punished as under Section 1111 of this title for intentionally killing or attempting to kill a human being. C. Bar to prosecution. The mother of a child born alive described under Subsection A may not be prosecuted for a violation of this section an attempt to violate this section, a conspiracy to violate this section, or an offense under section 3 or 4 of this title based on such violation. So there is the main part of this bill. That a baby born alive is considered a human. They have the same rights as any other child. And that the Healthcare professionals has the same responsibility they would with any other person and that the mother won't be charged with any crime and uh, it's the goal of the law was just to protect babies now i'm not sure how we got here as a society but we've gotten to the point where people are no longer viewed as having any intrinsic worth and they are only considered as having any worth if society assigns them a worthiness value. How far we have come as a society since the Founding Fathers penned the words, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed with their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There is no logical or justifiable reason to say, that because a baby was born and not wanted that he or she has less value less worth or less right to live than a baby that was wanted when he or she was born to say that a baby is only valuable when it is wanted is the same logic that was used to justify the holocaust multiple attempts at ethnic cleansing at various times across the world making one or more groups of people to appear as less than human is also the justification for the state-sponsored mercy killings during the second world war and at other times in history when a government wanted to get rid of a people with a handicap or those who were mentally challenged sick or otherwise unable to perform the function in which government thought they should perform i firmly believe that when a society is allowed to arbitrarily decide which people have worth and which people do not that it will inevitably lead to a society putting a specific group of people who they do not like to death, just like it did in Nazi Germany, and just like it led to the genocides in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia, and other places throughout the world and over the course of human history. People are inherently flawed and sinful, and if they are left to decide who has worth and who does not, they will inevitably find some arbitrary reason to decide that some group they don't like does not have any worth and in the case here people decide that babies that are inconvenient to the mothers or to who, the parents that those children don't have any worth without engaging in some serious mental gymnastics a person could not even justify killing an infant that was born alive because it would be a drain on the resources, especially since many of the same people who voted against the bill are the same people who think that there should be money given to people who can't work or who t- or to those who choose not to work and that the death penalty should never be an option, even for the most violent and vile of criminals who are guilty beyond any doubt. Now. I'm not advocating here that we should get rid of social programs and I'm not advocating for the death penalty. Uh, Those are topics for another day and probably not for this podcast. But what I am saying is that why should we as a society consider an adult who is not contributing to society and is intentionally being a drain on the system of more value than an innocent child that had no choice in the matter. Society may not think that people have intrinsic value, but God does. And I personally don't think that anyone who claims to be a Christian and is okay with murdering a child that was born alive is really a Christian at all. If a person believes in God and believes that He created us in His image, then they have to believe that each human has intrinsic value that is not decided by society but by their creator. From reading the Bible, one knows that every human being was made in the image of God and has intrinsic worth. In Jeremiah 1.5, God said, Before I formed you in the womb, womb, I knew you. And there are many other verses that show that we are created with purpose and have inherent value simply for being human. 1 Samuel 16.7 tells us that God does not look at a person and view their worth based on how we look or by any other standard by which we judge people. It says, The Lord does not look at things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then in Psalm 139, 13 through 16, it says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there were none of them. And so that verse tells us that God has a plan for us and a purpose for us. And we're not here by accident. And then in Matthew 6:25 through 26 it says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what it will, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And so this is Jesus giving a parable to tell people how, yes, this is often used to tell people that they shouldn't worry about things because God will take care of them. But it's also, uh, I point this out, that that Jesus is telling them that they are valuable to God. Probably, actually not probably, definitely the best evidence that God loves all humans and considers us to be of value is that Jesus died for us on the cross not just for those of us who have it all together, but he died for all of those who would accept his sacrifice, and he died for us while we were still sinners and enemies to God, as it says in Romans 5.8. There are a lot more verses in addition to the ones I shared here that show that we have worth, even the least of us, because we are created in the likeness of God, as it says in Genesis 1.26. A baby who survives an abortion attempt and is not wanted is truly the least of us in every sense of the phrase. And Jesus was clear that we were to take care of those. In Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46, we read the parable of Jesus, uh, the parable that Jesus was teaching, that what we do or don't do to the least of those is what we do to Jesus. He says, He says, when the Son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right, "On his right, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world." When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, "Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these my brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me." And he will say to those on his left, "Depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, for I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink." I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do, for want of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And and I think there will come a day too that in the afterlife Jesus will say uh, will also say that that um, you know could say that they that when he was born that they didn't want anything to do with him and they tried to kill him or that when he was born and nobody wanted him they saved him and then he will remind them of this bill. And when the Born Alive bill failed, Ben Sass, the senator that sponsored the bill, said, This is about the most simple thing you can say, which is that a baby is a baby, and that they have dignity and worth, and it is not because they are powerful. It's because they're babies. Today is a sad day in the United States. And truly, it is. Sass also said at the start of the... Uh, floor debate I want to ask each and every one of my colleagues whether or not we are okay with infanticide. this language is blunt I recognize that it's too blunt for many people in this body but frankly that is what we're talking about here Infanticide is what the bill is actually about Senator Sass is correct a baby is a baby even when it's not wanted and all babies even those who aren't wanted are human, and even when it's inconvenient to consider them such, and allowing babies to be murdered simply because their parents do not want them is a form of genocide. In order to do anything horrible to a person and still see ourselves as the hero, we have to justify, to, we have to justify the act to ourselves so that we feel like that we're doing the right thing, and that way we can live with ourselves and the easiest way to do so is to portray those who are being mistreated, marginalized, tortured, or murdered as somehow less than human. There has been an extreme amount of effort put, in, put into making unwanted babies appear as something other than human, just clumps of sail and nothing more, because everyone, even the non-religious, knows that it's wrong to kill people. So in order to justify killing babies, they have to think of them as something other than babies. Those who didn't vote for the bill, those who voted against it, they claimed that they didn't vote for it because it was unnecessary, as there are very few late-term abortions and because the bill takes away a woman's right to choose. We've already discussed the second point and it should be abundantly clear that nothing in the Born Alive bill takes away a woman's choice and when a woman goes to a clinic because she doesn't want a child, she leaves without a child. But this bill would have protected the child if born alive, and would not have changed or altered the woman's responsibilities. According to the Gutmacher Institute's data, I'm probably saying that name wrong, uh, there are around 12,000 late-term abortions in the United States every year very few of which are actually medically necessary or medically warranted. So, the claim that a bill like this is not necessarily is not true. Honestly I think if there were only one child born alive and then murdered that this bill would be a necessity. I firmly believe that the real reason the born alive bill failed is that a lot of our elected leaders and many in society at large do not value life, not truly. Outwardly, those political leaders who voted against this bill appear to value life, but mostly they are pandering to specific groups in order to get votes. And infants can't vote. So, and if they did survive an attempted abortion and reached voting age, they would be unlikely to vote for anyone who believes unwanted infants should be murdered. Actually, anyone who survived an abortion, I think, would be unlikely to vote for anyone who thought it acceptable to not want your baby in the first place. Somehow this reminds me of a country song called Summertime Blues where a young man complains to his congressman who says I would like to help you son but you're too young to vote. However uh, not only are many politicians willing to do or say anything in order to get votes and to stay in office. A lot of them do not base their lives on any biblical principles, despite what they claim to believe. If a person votes for something they say they don't believe in, they are either lying about not believing in it or they are willing to compromise on their beliefs or personal or political gain. Speaking of voting. Uh, I think it's an absolutely terrible idea to allow 16-year-olds to vote, as some are proposing, because most 16-year-olds don't have a firm grasp on reality and have no idea what the ramifications of political policies are and are easily swayed by their emotions and are not overly intelligent, generally speaking. Even the brightest teens make horrible decisions, and that's part of life and is part of growing up. But a person should have learned a bit about life and actually contribute to society before they can make decisions that affect it in other people's lives. If 16-year-olds were allowed to vote, they would vote for things that sound good at the time, not knowing how it would affect them or others because they don't pay their own bills, don't have to worry about their housing, and they don't have to pay taxes above the small amount that they pay on their income taxes on their part-time summer jobs most of which they'll get back as a refund anyway. Children, and 16 year olds are children, are not the most forward thinkers and are more concerned with the here and now, and most children don't have much patience and have not learned the discipline that is required through most of life. So there's a lot of reasons why it's a bad idea to let 16 year olds vote. Anyhow, now that I've reemerged from that rabbit hole, I, uh, I think that not only will we be held responsible for the sins that we commit if we don't repent for them, but we will also be held responsible for voting people in office who allow or promote vile sins to be committed. I firmly believe that when we vote, as Christians, we should have the Bible and the will of God in mind. You've heard the saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? But I think we need to go to the polls with the saying, HWJV, or how would Jesus vote? There are a lot of Christians who are Christian in name only, such as Governor Cuomo of New York, uh, who is responsible, or who sponsored and passed uh, a late-term abortion bill that would at least theoretically allow women to have an abortion up to mere minutes before birth. Anyone who would advocate the murder of a fully developed child who could survive outside the womb is not a Christian at all, and a lot of people agree with me as many Catholics are calling for the Catholic Church to excommunicate Governor Cuomo. I don't know if I would advocate for excommunication, but I don't consider Como or those who agree with his late-term abortion bill, to be Christian. To be a Christian is more than just sitting in a building once a week and listening to a man behind the pulpit say nice things and putting a Jesus sticker on your car. Being a Christian is living life as Jesus would want you to live it, as a new creature in Christ who has put off their sinful nature and is concerned with the will of God and the life and happiness of his children, all of them, even those who are inconvenient to us. To be a Christian is more than just saying that you're a Christian or listening to sermons. To be a Christian is to have a change of heart, a change of life. And uh, Paul even went so far as to say that if we are living like the world, then we haven't been born again and i tend to agree with, with the apostle paul in fact i agree with the with the bible and i think that we all should agree with the bible and that this world would be a lot better place if we would base our decisions on the bible anyhow <clears throat> with that um, say i don't usually talk about any subject that is political in nature and i try to stay away from controversy controversy but i just didn't feel like i could remain silent on this issue because these babies who were born alive they survived an abortion and with a little bit of medical care they could survive and they could be they could live a long healthy happy life and there's no reason to just let them die or to kill them They've already been tried to kill, they've already uh, had an attempt on their life once, they survived, and I think that we owe it to them to let them live, And and I think that it's a sin, and the Bible would certainly indicate that it's a sin to kill them. And so, I think it's really sad that this bill failed and we all need to pray for those regardless of what political party we find ourselves in we need to pray for those in office pray that they will make the right choices but also keep the bible in mind when it comes election time and vote for those who will try to uphold god's word thanks for listening to this episode and um god bless you and i Look forward to um, having you tune in for next episode. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.